0: Love, talk, radio. are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil morning show with your host Nadia Khalil good morning everybody and welcome to today's show it is Monday morning September 9th 2019 it's like 9 9 19 today so one of those days but boy, does it feel good to come back. I feel like I've been gone forever. And um, I did come back last week and I have been upside down. (laughs) I'd been up all night and and during the day too, but sleeping when it's still light out at night. And finally, two days ago, I made myself and it killed me to stay awake at least until nine o'clock in the evening. Um, But today I still woke up at three. So it's like, I don't know, but I kind of really love this time in the middle of the night, um, the, the trip. I wanted to talk about the trip today because there is something in every vacation that any of us take, leaving home for a period of time and being taken out of your routine and then going somewhere and I really felt like I was going to rest, but it just didn't stop. It just kept going. I was with a tour group, and we were on a ship going around the coast of Italy and stopping at certain ports. So I stopped in Venice. I stopped in Rome. I stopped in a bunch of small towns that I don't even remember the names of some of them. But they were hard to get to. But the, with tour guides, they teach you the history. But there were things that happened in Italy that I didn't expect. And I really wanted to talk about this one thing that happened. And I can't even remember the small town it's in. And I have to look it up. And I honestly haven't even had the time. But I remember the church. And I remember the name of the church. But I, by the time we got to this one place, I had probably been to 20 churches. You know, you you go and you go and you go, and they take you everywhere, and they tell you the history, and you're talking about 1,100, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400. You're talking about all of the, you know, fights for territory and conquering, and it goes on and on and on, history, history, history. And I realized that if someone took me on a tour in the town I live in, in California, I probably would realize I didn't know that much about my own history. Um, So I know that, like, the people there aren't visiting their churches and, and doing all of that, maybe just their particular church, but not every church. And so by the time, you know, you go in church after church, it becomes like you're seeing museums, you know, all these beautiful, ornate things, these pictures, these statues. And, it, it, you know, you know what I'm talking about if you've ever been in Europe for any amount of time. And even when I went, like, when I was 23, I still went to a bunch of castles, though, in Germany. This was churches in Italy because they're obviously very Catholic-driven for the most part. And um, very realistic people. The people there look you in the eye. Their pride is in serving and in their work. It's like if they're going to give you something, they're going to present something to you, whatever it is, it's coming with their heart. And you can feel that. That is just one of the most beautiful parts of the whole trip was how much I loved the people and you know, I love people, period, but I felt like I was with them, one of them, in so many ways, and um, I know it's going to sound funny to say this, but I, I took cooking classes. I took two cooking classes, one with a duchess. It's called um, Cooking with the Duchess, and um, that was like a whole day where we went shopping with her, met all the people she normally buys from, went back to her villa, and um her husband's father wrote a book called Leopard and they use it as a textbook in Russia and it's been out for a long time and his father wrote it. The man himself, the son, is eighty-five years old, but he signed the book for me. And anyway, she taught us to cook and we had lunch in their in their villa. And what I realized is that's how they keep young. That's how they keep their home alive. And they rent the bottom downstairs to students for free. Provided that they help them when she has these cooking experiences and does all of these things, so there's just so much that's given so much richness, so many layers of helping each other, working with each other that you just you just believe in life in another way in a from a different angle, because you know in America people are pretty much separated unless there's a reason to be together. And these people are always together unless there's a reason to be separated. So it's just a different way of living. It's a whole different reality and paradigm. But what I wanted to talk about was after being in all of these churches, um, I started getting tired of going to churches because I wanted to see other things. And one day, I decided to take a day off from the ship, or from the excursions. I didn't want to go out again. I was getting tired of being out in the heat, walking from place to place. It just was exhausting in the middle. So I decided to stay home after the first cooking, or stay on the boat, after the first cooking class to bad and at that point, that was my highlight. It was like if I did nothing after that, I was fine. i gone home. But I needed to just stay the ship and regroup, sleep, shop, because here I was feeling like I needed a vacation from the vacation. And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? Now I need, you know, I need to rest like my whole time knowing I was going to Italy, was knowing that I was going to get on a plane and I'd have nothing to do except for sleep. And and so I was like, where's that sleep I was looking for? Where's that rest I was looking for? And um, so I took one day on the ship and it kind of covered it. So the next day, we went on an excursion and we were driving up this hill to get to this small town. I want to say it was Urbino, but I'm not sure. And Urbino being U-R-U-B-I-N-O or something like that. So um, we go up, and it's like a small college town, but there's like things there from times that you could feel the history, you know, the cobblestone roads. It just doesn't end. All this handmade, handworked, systematic force, you know, and all of this. And so we go. And then they take us to this church, and I really wasn't paying attention. For some reason, I was talking more than I was paying attention. And we walked in, and I thought, God, this is beautiful, and I took pictures of it. And then we went down these stairs, and, and then they told us, you know, you can't take pictures inside. And most of the time, tourists don't listen, and I'm probably one of them. But for some reason in this church, I said to myself, I'm not taking pictures. I need to respect this. And all of a sudden my little antennas are going up and I'm I'm starting to pay attention. Like really pay attention. I'm starting to feel something. Normally I'm just being told all this information. But I'm starting to feel stuff. And I'm starting to like not hear anybody else talking and all I could do is feel And we're going downstairs and going downstairs. And I mean, I'm talking like stairwell after stairwell. I took pictures of all the stairwells on the way down. And then we get to this part where you can hear a service going on. And it's a Catholic church called St. Michael's. And in this town, there were three sightings of St. Michael's. Now, I'm so church illiterate that I did not realize that they were talking about Michael the Archangel, who I've seen. But I I didn't know who St. Michael was, but it was the same same entity. And they're talking about him and how he's been sighted three times in the town. And, you know, I've heard so many stories by then. They were bouncing off my head, but this one wasn't going anywhere. It was like getting inside of me. So we get into this. Finally, we get into the bottom where the service is. And I I forgot wanted to take a picture and a woman came next to me one of the people in the tour that I I really don't know even till now I don't know her name and I she wasn't one of the people I hung out with and she whispered in my ear um, no pictures even though other people were taking pictures and I thought oh yeah no pictures here because I didn't want to forget what I was feeling but that was just the beginning so. There's a church service going on, a Catholic church service, and there's people there. You know, like I'm like, wow, all these people came in and knew to come in. It's a cave. And you could see the concrete, but just enough to make it a place of worship. So while I'm standing there and I'm thinking, all of a sudden, my opinions were gone. I I don't know how to explain what that feels like, but I had no opinions on anything. It was almost like when I saw Christ and I just knew stuff, my opinions on anything were just gone. Like they, they faded off. And all I knew was just whatever existed in life as though I'm looking at it, learning it for the first time about truth or about love feeling feeling these things feeling truth, feeling love it's different than talking about it and I was feeling it and I, I stood there and tears were filling up in my eyes and I thought God I, I really I really love people like I could feel it and I looked around at everyone there and I thought I, I don't know everyone in here but There's so much love in this spot. What happened here? And I felt this truth that, you know, the possibilities that each one of us has, it's not the gift that we have. It's the possibilities that we have that is our gift, each one of our gifts. We keep looking for a gift. And yet it's the possibilities, that hope, that anticipation of who we are that keeps us going. That's the magical part. And as I stood there, for people that, you know, my children and my family, and I started praying. So, like each one, not what I want from them, because I could die today. But what I knew they needed, so I prayed for each one of them. Some of them, it was for things that I knew they were talented at, and others I wanted—I knew they were already talented—and I wanted to take certain things. Remove certain things out of their lives that may not be in their best interest. And I was just like this plethora of prayers. I couldn't stop. And it was bringing tears of joy to my eyes to not need anything for those askings, for those prayers, for those feelings. There was a freedom without having my opinion attached to things, which is hard to do. But ever since I walked into that little place, and it's still with me till now, I don't look at people anymore with my opinion attached to it. But what has happened is that replaced that is this energy of a connection, that there's a connection between us, and that when I am around people, it's understood that their life is theirs and mine is mine. And that may sound little and silly, but we don't think like that when we look at each other. Now I know the difference. We think Oh, they're dressed like that. Oh, they think they're this or that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Oh, I don't want to know them. Oh, I do want to know them. Oh, I'm curious. Oh, whatever. All that is gone. It's not even curious anymore. It's a knowing. So as I stood there and all this is going on, I, like, was standing straight, and I I opened my hands on my side, you know, like, just opened them, like, I wanted to take in everything that was there, but I didn't think of it. I just did it, and then I felt it, and I looked around at the people, and I saw a mother with her kids, and I looked around at people from our group and, and people that I didn't know, and there was just, I don't know if they were talking, but All I saw were the people. And my heart, instead of it beating faster or quicker, the same thing like when I saw Christ, it was calm. And I thought whatever happened here really did happen here. And all of a sudden I wanted to rewind and remember everything the guy said on the way. But then I remembered I did something different that day. When the guide was talking, I didn't want to forget. So look at how God like prepares us. So you kind of are ready for your moments, right? But I had recorded. I put my phone on my memo so that I wouldn't forget the things she was saying. Because she was saying things I didn't kind of believe initially about um, that there were 60 million, 60 million, think how much a million is, 60 million olive trees in that town. And at first, you know, I was talking to someone next to me, and they said, no, that had to be 16 million. It can't be 60. So on the way back from the church, St. Michael's Church, I asked her again And said, was that 16 or 60 million? And she said, that was 60, like six zero million olive trees. And olive trees have a history all their own, but, you know, they can feed the world. I mean, there's so much in them. And going back to the church, when I walked out, there was a little store next to it. And I just grabbed like 10 or 11 rosaries for everyone I prayed for that I wanted to give them the rosary that I could because, you know, how many people can you reach? But I I just bought them and I did not know they were called rosaries. I just looked at them as prayer beads and I did not want to leave that place without taking something from there with me and since that time the truths that i feel all the time somehow feels like they embedded in myself like i can never not feel that again it's become a part of me i i walked into that church one person and i left another person Hearing people's stories, feeling and listening to their passion or lack of passion, pleasing life from our hearts, a self-respect that is already who we are and then we're taught to not utilize it. So we now are trying to find it. What does it look like to be respectful to ourselves? And, you know, it starts with being able to look yourself in the eyes, Because when you can look yourself in the eye, and I'm really talking about stand in front of a mirror and look yourself in the eye. Not for a second. You just stand there. Look at what your eyes tell you about you. And the one thing I want to tell you today Is that when you do that, no matter where you're at in life, no matter how you feel, good, bad, or indifferent about yourself, please tell yourself that you have done your best till today. And if you don't like what that best is, or you love what that best is, remind yourself that you are here to grow, and to learn, and you did not come here to know everything, that whatever you did, whatever decisions you made, there was a stem, there was a seed that was planted for you to face what you face, think what you think, and then you have your free will to do as you need to do. And that until today, no matter what you've done, because if, if, and I get this a lot from people, I've hurt others. I want you to reel yourself in and remind yourself that you could not have hurt anyone had you yourself not been hurt. And ask yourself, can I, from this point on, find a way to address my hurt rather than share my hurt because that fork in the road if it's hurt you can address it or you're going to share it if you feel great about what you've done in your life and you feel good and that's your fork in the road great there it is just the word great I feel great great can be I do something with it and share it and help empower myself to even greater growth and empower others? Or I could not utilize my gift. What are my choices? So just know that you're making the choices, being aware of yourself, being aware of others. The other thing I left with, that Italy had to tell me, tell us, was that there's only one family on our earth, and that's us. I know we're broken up into a bunch of different parts, a bunch of small families, but there is one family. And when you can see that, when we can see that, We stop finding ways to cheat each other, hurt each other, mislead each other, force each other to do things that we don't want to do because our souls are starving to feel connected. Taking advantage of each other would go away. None of us would dream of taking advantage, hopefully, of our families. What I left with was people first. If at that fork in the road it's people and you put first on one side and last on the other, we need to take the road that says people first. If we think in the sense of people first, we wouldn't be able to just get what we want and throw the rest of us away for that one thing that we think is going to change or give us something we want to possess. The whole rat race of possessing, the whole thing of it's okay what I do to get what I want, even if it hurts others or cheats others or manipulates others. We live in a time where in certain realities, because every single place you're going to go is a whole different version of reality. For me right now, it happened to be Italy. When I went to Germany, it was a whole nother reality. When I was in Switzerland, it's, it's the different realities we talk about already are here. You go to certain parts of the world and they have no idea what part of the world you're from and what it's like, and all they see is a person. And there's a commonality that we share that doesn't need to know where we're from because that look in the eyes tells them who you are. Whatever your experiences are, whatever you bring to the table may or may not fit in that reality. Small towns, big lives. Big towns, smaller lives. Shifting what we think of others taking our opinions out of who we think someone is and let them teach us, show us, interact with us. Because all of that is what keeps us with the people-first feelings and mentality. Over-delivering to each other is as simple as telling each other the truth. So when I left there, I thought, wow, I thought that cooking class was my favorite day. This is my top. And again, I could have left that day. But there was more. And as these weeks go by, we'll talk about that. Um, but today, the whole message is just really think of all of us as one family. Because that's what we are. That's what we really are. And the fact that we aren't paying attention to that allows us to create all these other spinning plates of stuff. And so now we live in a world where the liar is looked at as the truth. And the person who's telling the truth has to prove they're telling the truth to stop a soul that believes lying is the way to go. Instead of looking at countries, we are truly one family that are just a bunch of different families making one. It's almost the way God is love and we're all love, but because we can't find it, we can't acknowledge it, we can't touch it, we can't reach it, we feel alone. One thing I left with was not feeling alone meeting people and not even speaking the same language and understanding each other from heart. How big our hearts really, really, really are. It's amazing. We are amazing. The fact that we have a life and a body that moves, that works, that can feel these things, that can make these choices, Is huge. That is our miracle. We downplay who we are looking for something we aren't. Then we want to call that a miracle. But scaling back to simple, scaling back to feeling truth, not just telling it, but feeling it, because that energy will be who you are. Accepting the worst truth over the best lie will take all that extra energy of fighting away from us. Your soul is as special as it's going to get. Use your time here. Use your life here to move the energy that is in you around to be shared with all of us. Doesn't have to be extra special. It can be as simple as a good morning when you mean it. A look in the eye when you feel it. The fact that you can look yourself and others in the eye. Shaking hands, a pat on the back. All reminders that we are a family. My time's already up. These shows go by in five minutes. So much more to tell. I will share some more over time. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiachalil.com.